Welcome to the podcast where we talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is Megan. And an interesting episode today. Yes, a two-parter. Well, because they kind of follow into each other. Yeah. So we're going to start out with this episode talking about negative attachments and uh, even kind of like demonic things going on. We're calling darkness and influences or influenced by darkness. Yeah. So basically what what is the extent that a negative attachment or even things leading to demonic possession, like what that can do to a person? Because you can get a, a, an attachment from anywhere, really, whether you're paranormal investigate or not. Because we've been asked uh, recently, a couple of times already, uh, how do I know I have a negative entity in my home? And usually off the bat, you would know with instantly that uh, we call it negative emotions, sadness, anger, depression out of nowhere, like right out of left field. Like all of a sudden, like, why am I angry all the time? Why so. am I sad all the time? Like, what's going on? It's just like all of a sudden, like your mood changes to a point where it's just like negative all the time. Really bad tension in the house, like yeah. where you can't. Anxiety, especially after... Well, it's very evident after, like, say, you mess around with a Ouija board or you paranormal investigated someplace. You have to or relay. You have a, or you have, like, a haunted object you took from somewhere. Yeah. Or you shouldn't have took it or something from someplace, you know? Yeah. Those situations that kind of lead up to, like, okay, yeah, that we, yeah, what's going on there? And I think, too, Isaac, which I, I definitely want him to share this, especially with this episode, is because we talked a little bit about Ouija boards in the Paranormal Games episode. But he heard a really awesome analogy or a way to describe about playing with Ouija boards and I think it to me I was like dang yeah, that makes sense now we've always well us anyway me and you and uh, we've always said it Ouija boards there's more it's too much cost for the for the uh, for the good let's say that there's too much yeah. cost to, to deal with and the analogy I heard uh, was perfect it was said that when you mess around a Ouija board, it's like yelling, going out your front door, yelling free beer, right? You don't know who's going to show up. You know, it could be people that could be friendly or it could be people who just they are there to, you know, beat the shit out of you and take your money. So it's a terrible situation. I mean, it's it's not worth the, the trying to reach out to loved ones and stuff like that. Now, are there remedies you can do uh, or things you could do to try to speak with your loved ones in the afterlife? Yeah, safer ways to go about it and stuff like that. But Ouija boards is just, it's like you're reaching out into the ether to try to talk to somebody. And everyone that's always there is not always a positive entity. It's always better to say not not to do it and to reach out to someone who's in the profession, see what they can do to help you. I mean, people say, oh, it's a children's toy. It's, in the, it's, it's sold at Walmart. And I was like, yeah. And it, it, I said, it's not... The Ouija board itself, it's the act of what you're doing. You could make your own at a cardboard and marker, and the same effects will happen if you bought one from Walmart. So it's like, it doesn't matter essentially what the device is. It's the act of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think, too, didn't the same, because it was a psychic that was interviewed on one of the podcasts, right? Because didn't she say, like, a specific thing? If you're not this, this, and this, then... Uh, I think her name was Connie Miltglid. 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 I don't know. I can't say her name. <laughs> I like how Connie you do it with an accent. She's been in the business a long time. Longer than Milfie and you have been alive. Let's say that. Dang. No, I ever heard an interview, uh, funny enough, with uh, Friends of Ours, a podcast I'm going on mm-hmm. uh, soon. Uh, Be Afraid of the Dark mm-hmm. podcast. They had her on, and I was like, oh, that was a good episode. I like what she was saying. But 
yeah, so that's what I guess our situation with the Ouija board thing, but darkness. But there, were, I mean, there are other things that that led to people being affected buying haunted objects or an object particularly that had someone die attached to it. That's why I hate antique stores. I like antique stores, but I don't like antique stores because I've put, I put to the, te- <laughs> I put to the test, um, like going. I specifically ask Isaac sometimes, let's go into a thrift store, let's go into an antique store, see if your hand charges or see if there's any bad vibes. And uh, sure enough, we went to one locally. And because I always talk about that the dolls that they get in, there's a clown doll that I had seen advertised on one of their pages or whatever. And I was like, this doll, there is something with it. And sure enough, um, we went in there one time just to see because they have comic book stuff and Isaac likes comic books and nerd stuff. And so we went and there was this really creepy set. It was a grandpa and a grandmother like porcelain doll. And not all porcelain dolls are haunted. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. But yeah, sure enough, his right hand pulled. And I was getting it as soon as I went in that area. Headache. So yeah, thrift stores and antiques got to watch. Especially mirrors. I think mirrors... Well, at antique stores are. Then we had that situation too, where we went to an antique store in where you grew up in Blanco. I remember the dolls doll kept moving. Yeah, but that was long before I had my ability. So yeah, <laughs> creepy haunted objects is is kind of what led led to us helping uh, Barry Barry Rick, the man with two first names. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hey Barry, if you're listening. Most likely. Uh, but his situation is that he inherited a haunted object. Right, the chair that Greg gained something that attached to him that he was suffering with forever until we helped him. So sometimes you can inherit a haunted object that would cause problems. Now, his situation, which you guys can go back and listen to this episode that we go into detail with, was tormenting him, and he tried many times to get rid of it, but it never dissipated. And he saged and he did things, and we've we talked to other people who have done this, similar things with with saging and you know pushing back entities. Which saging does work, but it's a temporary fix. It it puts them at bay for a period of time until they come back again. Yeah. Um. So you have to kind of re- repeatedly do it. You know, there's different objects and symbols and stuff you can do, which I think we talked about in, in protection episode, right? I can't remember. Yeah, 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 we did. You talked about different things you can do to. Protect and if you're yourself. ever if you're listening and want to know more about protection, because that I, I'm all, constantly researching and trying out new ways to be able to protect myself because. Of being psychic because I feel like with being psychic and having abilities, uh, especially at a young age, like you tend to at some point get something kind of negatively attached if you're not protecting yourself. So I'm always trying to, especially when you go out to locations, so I'm always trying to protect myself. So I've found some ways that have helped me. So if you're listening to this and want to know more, Sometimes I feel like I should write like an ebook on what a what a no, <laughs> just so I could be like, hey, here's an ebook. I don't have to write you a novel on an Instagram message, since they limit the characters. Yeah, but with his situation, it was a dark entity. But what was the problem is that the human dark entity that followed him around was uh, like bait for the darker demonic thing that came from a portal that was underneath his apartment. So. It, his life would have been relatively annoyed by the dark entity, the human dark entity. But the fact that a dark human dark entity was already attached to him, and there was a dark portal opened underneath his apartment, that kind of drew in whatever was there, saying, "Oh, 
he's already has something attached. I'll even attach more because he's already used to it. Yeah. So it kind of like saw him as like, oh, this guy's perfect. He's already got attachment. Let's let's take over that attachment and use it and use him. So that kind of created a more. <laughs> it was like his life already sucked and it just got even worse, you know. But he never knew that portal was there and until we found it and stuff like that. So, but portals, yeah, that's 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 like an open door for anything to come in. But sometimes people don't even know they're there. I think too one thing definitely to talk about on this episode in particular is the influence of what, of what some of these negative things can do because I feel like a lot of the times these entities kind of like they're almost like there's like obviously the demonic stuff which you know the limit to that is like possession. I guess we should talk about the difference between a demonic haunting versus a regular human spirit haunting. Yeah. No but what I was saying is some of these things are more like there's like parasitic almost like yeah negative attachments like literally they look like a parasite on you and can influence <laughs> you like that's how i see them anyways you know from like a psychic perspective perspective is that they're almost like just latched onto you like riding your back and which, in your which aura we'll go into detail about different dark entities in the second part of this episode which will be next week yeah which fine if we're just announcing now but it's basically classifying evil which we're going to go through all the different kinds of dark entities that we've encountered and we've heard about in our so far in our experience as investigators and opening ourselves up to these abilities but when it comes to human dark entities so far that we've encountered how people are affected by them it always seems to be draining the person of energy they're always lethargic for no reason. It's tiresome. The, the, the vibe or the energy in their home is always negative. But that's about as far as it goes. Things will get flipped over. Places will get shoved over. People might get attacked. But as of the level of, of oppression, you can say, kind of stays at bay. Right? And you can say it, you know, push the person away or you do, you know, stuff like that. Or it might push the entity away. And sometimes they don't even influence you emotionally. They're just there to feed off your energy and then stay in their space. So some people might move into a new home that has a person who used to live there, who died, who was an asshole when they were alive, but they feel like this is their space, will do whatever they can to make you leave because this is their space. So the negative energy and that sense of mind that they won't accept new people in and they want those people out. Or they saw you at a certain place in time, say a shadow figure, saw you and saw how much energy you were producing, whether it be positive or negative, and they're like, I want to feed on that person because they're dead, they have no energy source, and they need to feed off somebody. So they follow you home. Or like haunted objects, or like maybe some Ouija board called or something, but mostly human dark entities, that is as far as they go. Human dark entities, to be specific, can't possess you. They can influence you, they can mess with you, but as of possessing, no. So far, they don't have that strong ability to do so. The best way that I've kind of described it or found to explain to somebody, because I found myself explaining myself to somebody this weekend that really was skeptic to the paranormal, and then after talking about certain things, kind of opened themselves up a little bit more to the idea of it. But one of the things that they didn't understand was possessions in general or like how something can influence you. And the best way I could describe it is like a car. Like your vessel, yourself, your body is the car and your soul is the driver, right? And you go through on your little path, your little highways. You might have exits where some days are worse, you know, whatever. 
and you go back on your little path, your little soul journey, like that. And it's almost like when you have a negative attachment, it's like somebody gets in the car, right? And is like in the back seat or whatever, messing around, making your car dirty, influencing like to take certain exits when you're not supposed to, like that kind of thing. But then demonic possession is like you're consistently fighting for the driver's seat position. It's like it knocks you into the passenger seat. You try to regain control of the driver's seat, but it's like you're constantly getting, depending on how strong, you're constantly getting pushed into the passenger seat and you can't drive, you can't control. And essentially like an exorcism is like the car being put over to the side, people ripping i.e. the priest or whatever, whoever would perform the exorcism, pulling that dark thing out. Essentially, Isaac would be doing that too. Isaac would be like, hey, open this door. You know, it's not, I'm sorry. I just made it sound super funny and it's not. Um, but you made a perfect analogy uh, that most people can understand. Yeah, that's, that's that's the best way, especially if you don't understand, like if you're not really, maybe this is the first episode that you're listening to of us and you're not really familiar with everything paranormal wise. Um, or you're just getting into the paranormal. That's the best way to describe it. There are two, two paths to, or two, I guess I would say paths, but there's one path to possession. Uh, the first act a demon does when it finds you and it's attached itself to you, it starts the, the act of oppression. And oppression is basically beating you down till a point where you have no will. You basically give up will altogether. Now, the stronger your will, the harder chance they have to possess you. So most demons don't go for people that have strong will. It's a harder it's a harder task to take care of. Is it impossible? No, it just takes longer. And some of these lower level demons, even the higher ranking, don't see a point in met in trying to mess with someone who has very strong will. I think a lot of the times too they try and find an invitation. Kind of yes. like a vampire like as soon as you invite them in, and that's why a Ouija board can be dangerous because technically you're inviting. If you're not recognizing, hey, someone's kind of like knocking on your car window to come in, then you might accidentally invite them into the driver's seat. You know, and- another way of actually inviting darkness into your home that most people don't realize? Huh. Welcome mats on your front that- door. Yes and no. <laughs> like... I've some heard people, it. I heard that people say like they're in, in the yeah. There's some there's, say that it is a form of invitation. There's some people that say that. Some people that don't. So I'm not a hundred percent sure because I thought that was it made a little bit of sense to me because you essentially in the way that welcome is, it's like facing outward. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like anything that comes to the door. Yeah, okay, you're welcoming it. So I don't really know. Don't, I don't know a hundred percent sure if that's accurate. That's just a lot of people. Some high up psychics and stuff like that and people on like witch talk and all that stuff, you know, TikTok that's in the witch type community. Um, they say that. But so, so yeah. Back to oppression. They will beat you down, i.e. in a sense of like seasoning the meat almost. Oh, that's a weird way to freaking I took that term from it. Anyway, okay. um to to for get you ready for possession is essentially Making you depressed, making you angry, making you sad, making you push away everyone that's close to you by lashing out, by attacking, mildly uh, possessing you sometimes to a point where you would say something against them that you don't remember saying, but then they look at you like you're crazy and then you try to argue with that. Especially when you have people around you that don't believe you. Oh, 100%. That will even create the the act faster. So, or you wouldn't believe that you could be possessed. 
Like, if you're a strong Catholic person or strong Christian person, how can I be possessed? That whole act, stuff like that. So you start denying it anymore, which makes it more harder for anyone around you to believe that it actually is happening to you. You're then they will bring somebody in who they'll laugh at, who won't do a good job, and it might push them away for a little bit. The stronger the attachment, the longer it can last. And some demons are extremely patient. They'll take their time. They'll take years mm-hmm. with somebody and slowly beat them down. And a, a dangerous trend that I've been seeing happen lately, if it's true, some people are making friends with demons. And these demons are finding like, another way. Instead of building someone's down and uh, trust, I'm, or some building, beating them down until they, they have nothing left, I'll earn their trust and they'll invite me in. Well, I think a lot of times, too, higher up negative stuff and even lower level demonic stuff, too, and even higher higher level demonic stuff will find a way to, could find a way potentially to mimic uh, family members. So, like, if you had someone that's deceased, they can almost take, like, make you uh, make you think that you're communicating with the past loved one, but it may not be. And there's always something off, something skewed that doesn't make any sense. Like maybe, maybe you're having dreams. That's another thing too that, cause obviously I know we've talked about on a couple episodes. One of our, it's just my, one of my best friends. Uh, and she's also on the Shadow Walker team, Megan. And she actually is going to at some point actually share her story on the podcast. We just got to find the right time, but she actually went through an exorcism. Uh, she told me some things that kind of led like to what would happen. I remember one specific thing that she told me that I thought was weird is she said she would go through these things before whatever it was would kind of come through, i.e. get in the driver's seat. Uh, she'd black out and she would, it was almost like she was dreaming in, she was in like this like a dream she said it was almost like she was like astro projecting in a dream and she said you know she would black out she wouldn't know what she would do and then when she would come to you know they would say that she was doing this doing that and she would be like well i don't remember that i thought i was like literally dreaming and she actually described to me what the dream area that when she would black out it would look like and she said yeah it was like literally volcanic ash and like just a weird spot and i never ever heard somebody like describe what when you're possessed what that spot that you're in would look like exhaustion is one i always forget about uh when it comes to oppression because when you're tired you usually fall asleep and then when your body's asleep your vessel becomes open for for taking um but the more tired you are the less you have will to fight back so that creates that kind of uh environment so uh, that's why mostly possessed people are trying to sleep a lot because they're not getting sleep during the night because they're being terrified with nightmares and the demon inside the house messing with you consistently. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, um, this is just a teaser for the, our bonus episode this week. It's uh, with uh, uh, Mike from uh, Paranormal Road Trippers. The Paranormal. The Paranormal I always forget to put the... I don't apologize. I had to remake the Is graphics. there other Paranormal Road Trippers? No, but I think they're specifically the Paranormal and with the interview I did with him, which is pretty extremely interesting, a lot of stuff that he's experienced and how long he's been in the game, paranormal investigating, also his podcast and stuff like that, and his, his other shows that he does. But one story he told me that we'll probably go in more detail in the episode, but just give you a little bit right here, is that he has a place that he wants to investigate a lot that has a dark entity there that he didn't know what what it was, but he suspected. So he gave me a, 
explanations of what happened to people and how he described what it was, I'm pretty sure it's a demon there. And the reason I think it was, or is, because uh, I don't think it's, it's still there, is that he brought a friend who's never been there before, and, and Mike's been there multiple times, that while they're in the area where this dark entity dwells, his friend out of nowhere said, it's nice here. You should stay here. It's, it's nice. You should stay here forever. Right? And looked at him with like eyes that he did not recognize. And all of a sudden he sees his friend like snap out of and goes, what did I say? He's like, you're telling me you want to stay here. Like, I don't remember anything. What? what are you talking about? His friend is mildly possessed. Wow. Right? That's, yeah. that's my conclusion. And that makes a lot of sense because whatever it was wants Mike to stay there. Made me think is that some dark entities are stuck certain places and they can't leave. But if someone were to stay there that they can get an attachment of, then they can leave. So sometimes the entities are influenced at a certain place. Maybe I it's bound by an object, maybe like a specific thing. Or because they can't leave because they're feeding off the positive entities that are there, like those spirits, which we've seen in many yeah. places we've been. Because not just, <laughs> uh, not just the living get affected by dark entities. The dead do as well. Yeah, because we've had a lot of instances where, and it's crazy, like, I'll tell you from a psychic perspective what I've encountered. We've been to certain locations where it almost feels like the the light spirits there are muffled. Like, they can't fully speak, right? It's like, and they can't gear up enough energy to be able to fully say what they want to say through the spirit box, digital recorder, whatever. We've seen where Isaac, when he pulls and removes all the dark stuff, that, bam, we start getting this, like, flood of evidence because they have enough energy to communicate. Yeah, the dark stuff tends to, I hate saying this, like, suck on the... Stop, it's not funny. Absorb. Absorb, that would have been... That's <laughs> why I use the word to describe my ability, because so... I don't suck the energy out. It technically is a, a suction kind of thing, but I use it to absorb because yeah. I'm pulling the yeah. energy in. But they they do it so someone it prevents people from crossing because you got to think they don't have enough energy. If it's someone that needs to get whatever it is out, they're not able to collect enough things to tell their story, to get their stuff out, you yeah. know? And that's why at locations, you know, we always talk about like what the point of Isaac's ability is. Obviously, we don't want dark things hurting other investigators that are just trying to go there and research even though yes demonic stuff and the dark ener energies tend to put more of evidence out because they have of course they have all the energy they want they want you to know that they're there that's a lot of the reason why too we remove some of these dark stuff because it becomes like a, a bully thing where the light spirits can't communicate can't you know and there's sometimes obviously there's there's just good stuff and there's no bad stuff Sometimes there's a lot of bad stuff. and From our experience, we usually find that spirits, as soon as I remove any dark entities there, that they are extremely appreciative. It's like we took a bully way that was bullying them in, in the, into submission and listening to what they want to happen. And a lot of them get stuck at certain places because that dark entity keeps them there while feeding off, like you said, sucking, uh, absorbing their uh, positive energy that they are there with and basically keeping them imprisoned in a sense like that. And they can't leave. They can't cross over. They can't communicate with their loved ones and they're forever stuck there. Us going to places and taking care of those, you know, SOBs is with all for good reason. 
I don't I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, auras. That there was another thing that I wanted to mention because uh I could tell you from my perspective, auras is a big thing. So I don't know I don't know if regular people can not regular people, I hate saying it like that. <laughs> <you> um <laughs> The ungifted. If, no, no, it's not ungifted. I hate saying that too, but the the people that don't are closed off or don't don't have abilities which, the uninitiated which is which is fine like you i mean sometimes i wish i was like that but you know it is what it is but um like for me i can tell when something is starting to pierce into my aura which is like your energetic field your little shield around your body right for me okay it is me Oh. The, the doll was moving on the, on the oh, dresser thing behind you. My grandmother you. collects porcelain dolls. It and was moving, and I was like, oh, okay, my leg was shaking. That's what was making it move. All right, never mind. It was saying, shut up about the dark entities. No. I'm surprised I wouldn't hear any EVPs on this episode. No. So, like, for me, I can tell when something's starting to kind of pierce. And there's a different feeling if it's something negative, and there's another feeling if it's just someone trying to channel, like, channel in more. I always describe it as my back, my back breaking. It, my back doesn't isn't literally breaking, but I feel a lot of pressure on my back, which apparently that's also too like your another psychic was telling me where you absorb energy is. They were saying that that she thinks it's my heart chakra, but I, I tend to do it on my back and then um, my feet too. So I can tell when something is coming through my aura from my feet and my my back starts feeling funky. A good experience or a good example is like when we went to the Croatoan National Forest, like that area with the sinkholes. There was a the first time my back was it was bad. There was a specific spirit that was really trying to channel in and it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just it was just a lot. And then there was the second time where my back, I was getting the back breaking thing, but it was really like I was getting drained fast. It was really bad. And then the third time it wasn't anything. I was able to keep control of it. But um, from a psychic perspective, and I know a lot of people, well, everybody has auras regardless of your psychic or whatever. And uh, a lot of these entities tend to put ho- holes in your aura. If you have holes in your aura, they tend to seep through that way. And I'm going to see about posting on our Instagram, like, a picture of, like, to give you guys an idea of an aura or whatever. And obviously, a lot of the times, a lot of Reiki people or um, different shamans, stuff like that, try and help people repair their energetic auras. Because if there's the holes, obviously, more things can kind of get through. They say, I don't know 100% about auras. I know that with trauma and stuff like that or weird or really bad experiences can also cause like holes in your aura and that's how things can which would make sense because if you're already kind of like depressed or have anger a stagnant energy in your energetic field then of course it'd be easier for something to kind of latch on and take advantage of that so yeah sorry if i kind of like there's some people like wait what (laughs) when can i go rounding back to the point when we first started this episode when you know, if you suspect, usually with a dark entity entering your home, like you said, the vibe changes. Everything's negative. Everything's uh, negative emotion all the time. Your energy is high with negativity because the entity there that feeds off it, the more you give off. Especially demonic entities. They feed off negative energy more than any, anything out there. But even regular human entities can feed off negative energy as well. Because they want you upset so you can 
feel their pain, essentially, or feel just like them. Cases we've done before uh, with a few other paranormal investigators call us up on the phone. One particularly with future parent, uh, probably a future episode, but a paranormal team that we helped out that we're friends with. Um, call us up saying, that, can you help us out with this stuff that's going on? We think something follows back from an investigation place we were at. We were like, yeah. Um, so we did the video thing, FaceTime, which is I'm very proficient in now with taking entities from a location from one place to the other. And I'm probably going to talk about an episode on folding space and time. Yeah. Which is going <laughs> to explain. Uh, which that's going to be like a real like big brain episode. But no, pulling through the phone, I can do. So if, if I can f- see in real time, see where I'm pulling from, then I'm basically pulling from that location regardless of I'm, I'm across the, uh, the world or I'm right next door. But no, I pulled the entities, three of them. And that's another thing too, before I continue on with that. But don't let me forget where I'm. We're talking okay. about for going off on this tangent, but this tangent is important. What we found out is that a lot of dark entities always come in three, right? There's a master and there's two servants. Uh, so there's like the head demon, and he's got two minions, or there's a dark human entity that's teaming up with two other people. But there's always three. Once ever in our entire time of investigating, we've encountered four one, one head demon and three lower demons with it. But majority of the time, always one with two extras always and how the energy feels when i pull tells me if i'm pulling you know who's in charge and who's following and the ones in, in that are following are always always easy to give up information but the one in charge is always the one that fights and struggles but with what i pulled from our friend uh is that it was two regular entities and a demon that was in his place was crawling on the wall like Spider-Man essentially how it mm-hmm. crawled but more it looked like more of a creature if anyone ever played Resident Evil it looked like a liquor and to whoever played Resident Evil they know exactly what I'm talking about everyone else is like what the hell look it up right if you get a chance look it up on Google say liquor Resident Evil and that's essentially what you it looked like when it was crawling on the walls um, it didn't look like a liquor but it moved like one on the walls let's say that but I pulled that one and he said that the vibes started changing. And that's the thing, too. When an entity is removed from a place, either by a priest, demonologist, uh, shaman, myself, when they're removed, the vibe changes and you feel it change. Sometimes it takes longer because the stain of what was there takes time to evaporate and fade away. So entity is gone. That stain can start healing and fading away and usually over a day even a week the entire vibe changes with with our friends is that they said they felt the vibe change immediately even the next day was a completely day it was night and day funny enough mm-hmm. from the previous day complete 180 in energy everything was positive everything was good nothing was bad it was like a back to 100 percent. so that's one thing we found out with that and i can tell you from my own perspective with uh because we had said, I think a couple of episodes, like a, a while ago, but Mike and Megan, our paranormal team had some stuff. And going back to the whole stain thing, you know, when I, because essentially how the one-two punch that me and Isaac do right now, and hopefully this year we can actually start going to places. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would absolutely love at one point to be able to 
Um, if somebody needs help, like get up and go there so we can also clear the mine forest and, you know, help with like the after effect and make sure that nothing is there and residue and all that stuff. Um, but unfortunately, that would cost a lot of money right now. So um, we're just kind of like working on doing everything remotely. And that is actually a thing. Shamans actually do stuff like that remotely as well. But I'm a 21st century shaman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but they, they do they, they do that as well. But I remember when I – so basically I remote view and I basically see what's on the ether, like what, what we can't see. like, And I kind of tell Isaac kind of what it's looking like, like if there's a portal, if there's energetically if where it's located to kind of like zap it into the house or I can even kind of like push something into a specific area so it's easier for Isaac to be able to take it. And um, I remember when I remote viewed – to uh, Mike and Megan's house when they were dealing with that really dark um, thing in there that it was like it was like tar was seeping on the roof um, on the ceiling and it was specifically the rooms that they were having the most issues with and I think that's interesting when you say stained because it's not like physically stained but, I mean, it, it could be, depending on, there's been some cases, you know, possession cases and, and demonic cases where, like, there's literal, literal, like, weird shit, like, muck. I use it as there. an example because it, it does take time for whatever there is to fade away. And from people we've helped in the past, it usually, it takes time. Like, they don't feel immediate change a second I pull this away. Like, they still feel somewhat of negative energy. But as we talk more, as time passes, even the next day we check in on them. Like, oh, yeah, everything's completely different. I think, too, with with negative entities, I'll use, again, <laughs> a lot of this a lot of this episode is experiences that we've dealt and things that we've found out and stuff like that. And I could tell you from my own experience, a lot of the times when you reach out and you try and get help, right, like if you message us or whatever, you're going to feel a, or tell the story about it, right? Like a lot of uh, I'm noticing a lot of people with abilities tend to have something attached to them from their childhood. Like if you experience things from your childhood, it tends to latch on as a child and you kind of carry it with you. Like it happened to me. I know a couple other psychics also happened to. And I know one of the things that would happen was when I would tell the stories that were connected to this thing, it didn't like it to the point where um at the very beginning of our journey before i got the thing removed where isaac had his abilities to be able to sense that i would tell people these stories that were connected to this thing that was attached and i would uh, when i would tell the stories the person on the other side would have like maybe 24 hours to 48 hours of stuff go down at their house i remember one of the first episodes i ever went on as a guest was i think it was ghosty girl podcast they were also sensitives and and mediums and stuff and i don't know if they do it anymore but they wanted me to go on and talk about my experiences and i would talk about my experiences and they had to uh they had stuff at their house that would like wreak havoc anybody i would talk to to get these stories out they would have issues like i remember one psychic that kind of mentored me for a little bit on how to dive into my abilities um she uh, she had dreams of the thing coming to her and telling her not to let Megan go into her abilities. Don't you dare let Megan go into her abilities. Nope, don't do it, don't do it. Megan's going to get hurt. And it scared me to want to like go into the abilities. And I always talk about the fear 
you know, eventually. These things want you to stay in fear. That's how that's technically a lower vibration. And if you could stay in that stagnant enough, they can essentially take over. Obviously, it doesn't want me to get rid of it. So anytime I talk about it, of course, it's going to give me fear. So that's another thing to realize. If you start talking about like it around you or the stories around you or the experiences you had around it, and you start getting that fight or flight feeling like, oh, shit, should I be talking about this? Should I be saying this? That's how you know it's still it's an attachment of some sort because you should be able to explain your stories and stuff like that and not have it like give you that fight or flight feeling. You know what I mean? Speaking of fight or fight feeling, uh, fight or fight feeling, fight or flight, fight or flight, fight or flight feeling. Usually if you're in investigation or even entering some home, abandoned place, urban explorers, this is for you guys. If that fight or fight feeling goes off and there's no reason for it to that you can physically see, then obviously there's something there that you can't physically see that is negative in the highest levels. And, and I don't set off that feeling, that instinct, your human instinct that there's something dangerous here. I need to do something. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about abandoned buildings because like I specifically, I've been super advocating um, on our paranormal team to start looking into abandoned buildings just because, you know, we don't want, because it's so saturated in our area of um, there. We have some like paranormal investigators that are huge TikTokers. There's some paranormal teams that are very territorial. They're like, this is my area. Nobody else can investigate. And it's, we don't have a lot of, of paranormal of paranormal locations and it's almost like whoever gets hold of them it gets so saturated that like i don't want to go there because it's saturated and i want to go to new places and help new new ghosts and a ghost i hate the way that sounded it sounded <laughs> so like but help new spirits cross over or anything and it always seems like abandoned buildings have stuff in them not all the time but it's like some of the meanest things can be found in abandoned buildings like and and urban explorers, too, because, you you know, some urban explorers don't they like the paranormal, but they don't really believe in it. So protection and stuff like that, they don't really think of doing. Speaking of which, another story that we don't give names out for, but being able to show the experience. I had a friend of ours who is an urban explorer randomly call me up on Instagram, right? Video message me. I mean, other from the last time we spoke, he hadn't reached out to me or anything like that. So I'm like, oh, what's going on? He must, he must need me. And then he, I answer it because I was sitting there watching TV. And he's like, Isaac, I need your help. I need you now. And you're like, there's the situation going on. I was like, whoa, 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 calm down. Dude. What's going on? He's like, uh, one of the guys that I, I was uh, um, staying with because he was like at some convention or someplace uh, is possessed. I was like, what? And I was like, yeah, he's, he's freaking out. He's like saying like this body is mine. Yeah, you won't get any more. This vessel doesn't belong to him anymore. And he's throwing up and he's like real sick. We don't know what's going on. I was like, oh shit, right? And I remember he answered me to some chick that I've never met before. And she's explaining the whole thing. And she's crying because she doesn't understand what's going on with him or whatsoever. Like, I have no idea, right? I remember I told you. And you got, you got panicky. Well, no, because I didn't really. Okay, because they gave me some sort of warning for it. Like my guides and stuff gave me a warning for it. But I didn't know. And I started. I was like, why am I crying? Why am I crying? Like, I don't, because they were make, trying to, like, I don't know, like, trying to gear me up to what what was going on over there. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know. Because there's a difference for me when I know when something is influencing me, like, to show me that it's upset or crying or there's a situation. And then there's another thing where I know if I'm I'm seriously crying, like, it's me. And so 
I started crying and like pacing and freaking out. Like it's because for me, when it's anything demonic or, or really just really negative, it's chaotic energy. Like I know we've talked about Dylan, the, the first oppression and like possession type case that we dealt with. When I would shake his hand, it was chaotic energy. And I hate that. I hate that. That is the worst feeling to feel as a psychic is chaotic energy. And that is because obviously the, the, the darker stuff wants you to feel chaotic. Like, so I started feeling that chaotic energy and I was like, Isaac, 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 it's something, it's something. Oh my God. Like, I don't actually, nor- and I don't normally act like that either. I'm normally really calm and composed, but I guess I was channeling. They were forcing me to channel, not forcing me, but like, I was obviously channeling the guy and I could feel what he was feeling. And well, I asked you to go there because your remote viewing abilities are you going there. You basically told me it had its hand in his stomach, mm-hmm. which made a lot of sense why he was throwing up because he felt sick in the stomach. So we knew it wasn't possessing him. It was oppressing him to almost the final stage. So, by the way, this convention was for urban explorers and he was staying with a guy at Airbnb that he's never met until that day. Urban Explorer went somewhere, messed with something he shouldn't have, and he got mildly oppressed, and it took its time. Now, why it wait to that final time to finally start possessing him? Who knows? But, lucky enough, that guy had a friend who was me. Uh, simply, I asked uh, our friend to basically take me around, uh, you know, point of view so I could see what, or his point of view so I could see what the, through the camera. Pulled something from one room, pulled something from another room, and then pulled something from him directly that was, like, standing next to him. And... All three went in the ring. It was extremely furious, but it was three demons. One had one and two lower ones that were with it, right? Uh, and after I pulled, I talked. I remember he had to hang up with me real quick, and then I called him back like maybe 20 minutes later. We talked for a little bit. I explained what happened, what we did. He says, dude, I don't know what you just did, but he's he's fine. He's sleeping right now. Like, is he okay? He's like, yeah, he's not throwing up. He's fine and stuff like that. All right. I think we messaged, I think you messaged him like a week later or something asking how the guy was. I yeah. Remember. Yeah. I I messaged him because I, if we help you, I'm sorry. I know I constantly message you. I just want to make sure everything is, is peachy and, and yeah. good, you know? So yeah, he said he was fine. Everything was good. He was, he was fine. You know I mean? Which majority of the people there thought he was just drunk or high on drugs or something. Yeah. Right. But after he came down from that and it wasn't that way anymore, they assumed he came down from his high. Yeah. Unannounced to them, they were dealing with something that dangerous. And, yeah. So, when we say to have some form of protection, we don't mean it for just, you know, shits and giggles. There is reasons why. Some places are abandoned and negative emotion, negative energy is still attached there. And something is waiting for someone to come along that they can attach themselves to. And it's to. crazy because some places were abandoned for that reason. A lot of, I think there was a couple of houses that I've read about where they were abandoned because the paranormal activity was extremely high and they couldn't take it. So it's already. Hey, give us a call. We'll take care of it for you. Yeah. There was a house. <laughs> there was a house in Tennessee. We offered help, but the lady declined because she was talking about she got this house. I, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it on TikTok. If you kind of like follow anything paranormal, it probably popped up on you for you because um, her. Those videos on those specific houses go viral for her. Um, she basically bought this house. It was like she was supposed to like fix it up and then re- like flip it. And apparently the people left. The previous owners left because the dad would basically flip a switch and go after 
the kids and she shows the point of view of the bed like they left everything there shows the point of view of the bedroom and the door has all these like religious sayings on it and stuff and like you could see where the dad was banging on the door and stuff and her dogs won't go in it like it's really bad and because she's talking about burning the house it does nothing nothing i don't know if you've ever seen the tiktok video of the fact that they were burning this house that was like they had like a lot of possessions and stuff happen there and uh they could actually nothing was removed but you could see like when they were burning the house this big weird smoke amoeba thing like leaving the house and so i i we reached out to her we i explained everything i mean i'm pretty sure she has like twenty four thousand like paranormal teams around the u.s reaching out to her i explained what we do and stuff but she didn't want to she didn't want it so or maybe she just she just likes the idea of now, if you're really wanting help, really in desperate need of help, yeah. doesn't matter who reaches out to you, you're going to accept it of any kind just so you can try to get rid of it. Well, she actually had a pastor go there. He was even like, I don't even know what to tell you about this house. I don't, I don't know. Like, this this is something, this is something unlike I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it could have been pretty much basically the next demon house. Like, I, I know, and it was popping up on my For You consistently and i wasn't gonna message her because you know like some people especially if they don't believe in the paranormal like as much as or people that could get rid of the paranormal like shamans stuff like that they don't believe in that that's gonna be or psychics even they're gonna they're gonna be reluctant not to to listen or to whatever and she's only in tennessee i think so it wouldn't even be that bad of a drive and i even offered for her i said i'll i'll stay in the house if you want i will stay in the house me and my team will stay in the house and we'll make sure that it's that's gone. She didn't want it. And I know like when, because obviously I always talk about like channeling. And when I channeled there, because it, it happened automatically. And that's why I was like, damn it, stay off my for you. Because I kept going and I would channel into this house and I wasn't going to answer. And then I kind of or message her and then I kind of got this thing like, hey, I even messaged her on my private thing. And I gave her all the information for like the podcast. I said, yeah, I have people that have testimonies that you can you know, show that we're, we're legit and we're not like frauds or anything like that. And yeah, she basically never responded. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what she did. It, it Ever since I messaged out, I never saw her on my For You page again. So I don't know, maybe I was supposed to do that. <laughs> and then just, it was up to her in terms of like destiny wise, if she wanted us or not, but. Well, um, and also, darkness is going to influence you not to reach out for help. It's like, you don't need it. You don't need me to leave. I'm yeah. fine. Fine. Yeah. I get the lying, the conniving, the manipulation. It's it's all that falls in in, in sue with dark entities that want to keep themselves in certain places. Mm-hmm. Which we have figured out that there are more than just human dark entities and demons. Mm-hmm. There is a longer list of stuff out there, which we will get into with the next episode. Yes. Which it brings this episode to an end. Yes. So, but yes, there are more things out there than just dark human entities and demons, especially the stuff that we have encountered and the list of stuff that I've so far taken out and yeah. put into the ring, which we'll go over in next week's episode and stuff like that. But uh, a few announcements. Uh, we have a bonus episode Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday with uh, Mike, like I always said, from Paramount Road Trippers, the hint I gave earlier. Me and him talk about his time as a paranormal investigator in Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of ironic because both paranormal or like the in- guest episodes this month, 
I think it's this month. I don't know if it'll reach into next month, but definitely because we're doing one with Christy from uh, The Unknown Paranormal, and we're going to talk about how she's using her abilities to investigate and how she's come to come to terms with them and like what she's doing and all of that good stuff, her experiences. And uh, we're also going to do a Haunted Canada episode this month. So it kind of it kind of works that we're interviewing. Uh, so look forward to that episode Wednesday. And then, of course, next week will be the Classifying Evil episode. Yeah. And then again, it's going to be kind of like this episode where we're more like, I don't think I researched anything for this episode. Just because we, I mean, it's experience. It's a lot of uh experience stuff and just kind of telling what we found out research and stuff like that and our investigating stuff should be we should be going soon so stay tuned for those updates they're going to be coming soon yes so but uh yeah so look forward to that stuff in our future um so but as always we'll catch your uh so we're gonna say catch your weirds next one so, uh, <laughs> that's about to close it off no you can uh, find our social medias at hidden the shadows podcast on instagram Hit in the Shaw 6 on Twitter. Hit in the Podcast 2 on TikTok or links to all our social media and all ways you listen to us at hit in the shadows But as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yes. <laughs>